Charting Toward Intimacy covers mature topics. Listener discretion is advised. Hey there, welcome to Charting Toward Intimacy, where we're expanding the natural family planning conversation. I'm your host, Ellen Holloway. Today's topic I am super excited to talk about, and it's a little bit off of our uh, normal topic range. Um, The point of this podcast is expanding the natural family planning conversation, so I'm open to talking about anything that uh, even has a little bit to do with natural family planning. And so today we're going to be talking about um, abstinence-only education, Um, and I don't really like that term, but for lack of a better term... Um, abstinence-only education is essentially uh, what we teach as a Catholic church, um, abstinence prior to getting married. Um, and here's the thing, abstinence-only education doesn't mean don't talk about sex, which is unfortunately what we see in our churches today and in our families, um, is that we just assume if we don't talk about it, then our kids won't have premarital sex, apparently. <laughs> There's a myth that if you talk about something that you don't want someone to do, then they'll somehow be more interested in doing it. And folks, this is a myth. Studies have shown that this is wrong. Um, for example, when, kid, when, when parents talk with their kids about drugs, the kids are less likely to use drugs. When priests talk about porn addiction at the pulpit, people are more likely to get the help they need and bring the conversation into their families, which leads to less use of porn. And so I pose this question, why then do we as a Catholic church just avoid talking about sex like at all? We have this fear that if we talk to junior high and high school age teens about sex, that we're somehow giving them permission to have sex outside of marriage. But how would we be giving permission to share in a unitive bond designed solely for marriage if we actually talked about sex in that way? If we truly dug deep into theology of the body and shared the truth behind the goodness and dignity of our bodies, if we shared about the truly life-giving experience of sharing a sexual bond with your spouse, um, maybe we also talk about what marriage really is, not just a contract, but a covenant I think it would be pretty hard to misunderstand the role of sex in our lives if we talk to our teens about it in in this way, in, in the true way. But here's the thing. This has to be real. It has to be true. It has to be raw. It has to be authentic. We are not a used car salesman selling an old rundown idea about wait until marriage. We are selling a classic beauty, a car that never goes out of style. We're selling the perfect car that will bring joy and fulfillment into life. Um, and, And we are in fact selling. Everything is sales. What we aren't doing is coercing. We're explaining the truth. We're sharing real experiences. We're empowering parents to share their truth and their experiences. Um, We're finding great examples in our churches of married couples who've been together for 5, 10, 25, 40 years. Um, People who can share this truth and beauty. And we can also learn from the couples who have failed. We can hear honest testimonies from people who didn't uphold the dignity of their spouse for one reason or another. Or testimony from people who had sex before marriage and have come to realize what they gave up and what they truly want. Um, 
these people might be harder to find, but, but maybe that's you. Maybe it's time you shared that story and brought glory to God through pain and suffering and failure. Because honestly, that's what God does best. He turns our failures into literal gold. This all kind of reminds me of a silly scene from the movie 17 again. Um, The main character, who's, I think, mid-40s, finds himself suddenly 17 again and back in high school. Um, And he's in health class and the teacher is passing out condoms. And he gets made fun of for not wanting one. And then he owns it. And he stands up and talks about how, yeah, he doesn't want to have sex right now because he doesn't love anyone and how beautiful it is to share in sex with someone you truly love. And he's speaking from his heart and he's being authentic. And then many of the students throw the condoms back in the box, all saying the same thing that they, that they don't want to either. It's supposed to be a funny scene, but it actually holds a lot of truth. Um, think about a time when you felt really empowered by a speech that someone gave. Maybe it was motivational to get you to chase that dream. Maybe it was at a sales conference and you felt empowered to really kill it in your sales field. Maybe it was at a religious conference and you felt moved to start a new prayer habit or give yourself fully over to God's will. Whatever it is, I can guarantee one thing. You felt passionate because the person talking felt passionate. You had a change of heart because the person talking really cared about what they said. It is human nature to get excited when someone is passionate about something and sharing that with you. And that, that is the exact passion and care we need to bring to this conversation with our teens, whether we have actual teen children or the teens that we come into contact with in our churches and our lives. All right. So how are we going to do this? I've got some ideas and I bet you do too. Unfortunately, I don't have you on the podcast with me. I just have me today. So here's what I propose. I'm going to share my ideas and so are you. Head over to Instagram, send me an email, tell me your ideas for changing this culture of being silent about sex in our in our churches and we'll do a follow-up episode or I'll share them on social media. We'll figure something else out. <laughs> All right, so here you go. Some of these ideas are things that are already happening in some churches, and that's awesome, but it's not happening in all of our churches, and that's the problem. All right, first off, we can talk about theology of the body. There are so many great resources that are specifically created for different age groups, and they're fabulous. Theology of the Body Institute has a great program, starting with some preschool books and then uh, a curriculum starting in kindergarten, going all the way up through high school. If you have children or teens, introduce these programs into your family life. Swap out family game night once a month for family theology of the body night and work through the curriculum together. Um, buy in with another family if the cost is too high and share the books back and forth. If you don't have kids or you want to do even more, talk to your pastor about introducing Theology of the Body into the children's religious ed programs. Or if your church has a school, even better. And this is not just about telling someone to do something. You are going to have to show commitment. Sign up to teach or assist in teaching a grade level of religious ed. Show them how introducing the theology of the body to one class looks over a year. And then maybe next year they'll want to go all in and introduce it to all of the classes. 
um, talk to the junior high or high school director about doing a Theology of the Body Night or a series. Um, Again, there are lots of programs that have Theology of the Body resources already created. Um, Life Teen has some nights. Again, Theology of the Body Institute. And now while you are sitting in the office of your youth minister, talk about doing a marriage night about the sacrament. Offer to help. Let me repeat that. Offer to help. This is not about just telling people what to do. This is about stepping up to the plate and making a change. You have a job to do. Find married couples to give true, honest testimonies. Talk about sex, married sex, and how great it is. Okay, at this point, I have talked a lot about sex and not so much about NFP. And this is a podcast about NFP. (laughs) Okay, first off, they are completely intertwined. And that's where the next idea comes from. Bring an NFP night to the teens. Um, There are mother-daughter programs out there which are fabulous. Bring one of those to your church. Um, There are also introductions to natural family planning that bring in the theology behind it. And they can be introduced at a junior high or a high school level. Um, I personally give you full permission to take whatever you want from the why the church teaches NFP for family planning episode and create your own talk or find a local instructor who can uh, modify their intro session to be tailored more to junior high and high school levels. We've talked on this podcast before about this, and I hear this all the time. um, When people first learn about NFP and marriage prep, it's one, it's too little too late. Second, some people are almost angry that they didn't learn about this info sooner. Um, And Additionally, when we only mention it during marriage prep, and we expect two people who are in a pretty stressful time of their lives to learn something completely new and entirely countercultural, it makes it look like the church doesn't care about the teaching. So bring it to light sooner than marriage prep. All right. So there's a few ideas. There's, there's something to get you started church still shut down for the most part, this is a great time to start. I personally have found it easier to get Zoom call time with my pastor or a staff member to talk about these kind of things. And if you're wondering, yes, I have talked to both my pastor and youth minister at the church I go to about almost all of these things. And I'm still talking to them. It's a process. It's not just a one meeting thing where they're automatically going to say yes and be completely on board. You need to do your research first and you need to actually show you care. And you need to be okay with the fact that things can move very slowly. We are trying to change a culture that has been built over the past like 50 to 100 years. Celebrate the small wins and keep working towards the bigger ones. And on that, let me be completely frank, you will be met with resistance. You will meet pastors who didn't really get on board with the teachings in Humana Vitae. You will meet youth ministers who don't really believe in the church's stance on sex before marriage or on birth control. You will meet parents who don't want you to, quote, lie to their kids. You will meet teens who question who you are to be telling them what to do in their sexual lives. And you'll meet parishioners who think you should just give up because the church just needs to get 
with the times and get on board with birth control. But (laughs) you'll also meet pastors who are so excited that someone finally has the guts to help them with this. You'll meet youth ministers who are interested in bringing in some difficult and countercultural curriculum to their teen nights. You'll meet parents who are grateful you gave them a starting point to have good and hard conversations. You'll meet teens who are excited to learn about their bodies. And I'm going to be honest, it's probably one of the best ones. And you'll meet parishioners who wish they knew about this sooner and who want to help you. This is honestly a hard battle that we need to fight. So arm yourself up, jump into the fight, celebrate the wins. And remember that it is our job as Christians to share the gospel, share our experience, and help people grow closer to God. It's not our job to coerce or convince people to do something. It's not our job to save people. That's Jesus's job. We are here to help him. We can lead the horse to water, but we cannot make him drink. And that's not our job. (laughs) Thanks so much for being here. If you um, have thoughts, if you have ideas, please reach out to me on Instagram. Send me an email. I really want to hear from you. I am so excited to continue doing this fight with you, changing this culture, bringing this conversation into, uh, into normal conversation in our churches. Until next time.